0: I want you to think with me real quick as we go into this message. Think, of, think with me about the power of an invite. Think about the family events you've been invited to already this year. Or maybe uh, some uh, kickbacks. Maybe you just said, hey, let's just, let's just chill. Let's just kick back. Let's spend some time together. Invited some friends. And you just, uh, you know, you invited them or they invited you. Or maybe a lunch. You know, you've been invited to. There's power when someone invites you to lunch. There's a lot of power if you come invite Pastor James to lunch. A lot, there's just a lot of leverage. Let me just tell you right now, there's leverage there. Uh, dinners. How many dinners have you been uh, invited to this year? Uh, and, and when you get invited, you witness the power of an invite. Especially when the invite has a card with that invitation that has boxes for you to check which one you want. Like steak, salmon. Or chicken. That's an invite that Sean and I just received recently. And, and I, I sent her this picture to say, babe, I've already RSVP'd for this invite. And I got a steak on one of the plates and salmon on one of the other. And can I tell you, babe, you can pick either one. I'll love the other one. You know. <laughs> so you, you pick the salmon. I'll take the steak. You take the steak. I'll take the salmon. Either or. It's a, it's a win-win for me. Right, And, and so, uh, no, I don't want chicken, though. I love chicken. But when you're talking steak and salmon, I'm saying, let's, let's go with that. Uh, but have you ever been to an event? Have you ever been to a, a, a dinner, and there's someone missing? And you said something like this, I wish that they would have been here. Maybe you're a parent, and you, got the, you brought the family together, and uh, when you invite... The family, and maybe you even gave a lot of time, a lot of notice to, for everyone to be there. And when you come to this gathering, uh, Johnny's not there, or um, Andrea's not there, or whoever, whoever it is. And, 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 and so this parent says, I, I wanted everyone there. And I really believe this is the heart of God. I think it's, it's God's heart uh, for people to receive the love of Jesus. And it's God's heart uh, for everyone to hear the good news. Everyone on your address book, God loves them and God is inviting them to receive Christ. Everyone that's your friend on Facebook, everyone that's your friend on Instagram, every person that you snap on Snapchat, every person that's following you on Twitter or you're following on Twitter, every one of those individuals God desires to have a relationship with through Jesus Christ. As as JJ said when we were worshiping, um, it takes us out of our comfort zone to, to, to bring God to people because that's really what they all need. Every person needs Jesus, and so when we think about uh, inviting, uh, it's 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 so important that we that we understand that that person, Mike, that you that you have a difficulty sharing God with. It's it's crazy because you probably don't have difficulty sharing other things with him. You know, we have those friendships that we don't have difficulty sharing certain things with them, but when it comes to the God thing. We kind of cower, we we kind of we, we think, what are they gonna what are they gonna say? What are they gonna think? And all these things. So I wanna share a message that I'm titling hashtag, hashtag everyone Sunday for here in the Oracle campus. And also hashtag everyone Saturday at the CC campus, because at the Copper Corridor campus, we're gonna have a service on Saturday. 5 p.m. at this campus, we're going to have two services at our regular times, 8:45 and 10:45, and we're believing that God's going to do some extraordinary things in both campuses. In fact, here's something that you need to know. So we have these Facebook invites and social media invites, and and Copper Corridor, we have about 240. Last time I looked, 240 likes or or some people saying something about being at that service. And so I don't even know what to expect. I'm praying uh, that that we're going to have hundreds of people that will come to the Copper Corridor and receive Jesus. And I'm praying that we're going to have hundreds upon hundreds of people that are going to come to this campus and receive the love of Jesus. It's not even about us. It's about him. It's about Jesus Christ and the love that that, that he has for everyone. And one of my favorite narratives in the New Testament is based around an invite. And it's a story about Jesus going through a region that no Jews went through. It was called Samaria. And there was a woman that he met at a well. Now the crazy thing about this is that Jesus goes there at the very perfect time that this woman was there because he went there in late afternoon. And as he goes to this well, uh, he finds this woman, and this woman is by herself, isolated, because everyone, think with me, everyone went to the well, not in the heat of the day, but in the early morning and the coolness of the morning. So she was a person that was shunned by her community. She was a person that people looked at her awkwardly, that people uh, looked at her and looked down on her. And yet Jesus tells his disciples before they're on, the, on route, he says, I have to go through Samaria. And he goes and he has this encounter with this woman. And this woman comes and he asks her for a drink. I'm just going to give you a little bit of background. He asks her for a drink and, 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 and she begins to process, number one, that he's a Jew and Jews and Samaritans hated each other. And then she's a woman, and women were looked upon very, very lowly in those, in those times. That's why when, when you read something in the Bible, like the Apostle Paul, when he writes, husbands, love your wives, that was so foreign to that time because wives were treated like property. And Jesus came on the scene, and he said, wives should be treated special because they're God's creation. So now he goes, she's a woman, and she's a Samaritan, and he says, Can I have a drink? And she says, What are you doing? She said, What are you doing asking me for a drink, me being a Samaritan woman, a Samaritan and a woman? And then Jesus gives this narrative and he says to her, He says, If you knew who was asking right now, you would ask him and he would give you this water for you to drink that is called living water. And then the woman says, You know, I, I, want, I want this living water because I, I won't have to come here anymore. And he says to her, Well, go get your husband. Here's a narrative right here. And she says, I, I, I don't have a husband. She said, he says to her, you've, you've answered correctly. You're, you're speaking in truth. You've had five husbands, and the one that you're with right now is not your husband. And then so she says, she figures out, you, you must be a prophet, she says. And then she starts talking about the well where she's at, right? And she says, this well was dug by Joseph. Are you greater than our father uh, um, Jacob? I'm sorry. He says, Jacob, you know, drilled this well, and then he begins to say, you know what, this, let me tell you something. That this well right here, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing. He says he goes on, and, and and she begins to ask him about how they're supposed to worship. She says, You you Jews say you should worship this way. We Samaritans say we should worship this way. And then he tells her something that is just profound. He says, I'm gonna tell you something right now that that the way that people worship is going to change because the time is coming, and in fact, the time is now, where true worshipers are going to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Just blew her out of the water. And he loved on her. And he said, I'm the Messiah. I'm the one that you're waiting for. I'm the one that the Jews are waiting for. I'm the one that the world is waiting for, and so this is this is the verse that I want to want to I want to uh, bring as our as our kind of our base or foundational uh, passage right here. It's it's what happens after that because I want to concentrate I want to concentrate this morning uh, not so much on what what happened when they had that that conversation but what happened to the woman afterwards. Because something radical happens to us when we encounter Jesus. Not when you encounter religion. Nothing happens with religion except you try to, you try to fix yourself up or you try to you know, change some, some externals. But Jesus has a way of changing us from the inside out. And so that's where we're going. This woman was changed. That day she was changed uh, incredibly. And, and this is what the word says. It says, The woman left her water jar beside the well, and she ran back to the village. Now, she didn't walk back to the village. Now, this is important for us because a lot of us, when we think about sharing the Lord with people, we walk to them, or we think uh, our posture is a, is, is a lot uh, more indifferent to sharing uh, the, the Lord. But the, the, the Bible says here that the woman left her water beside the well, and she ran back to the village. And what did she do when she went, got to the village? She was telling everyone, come and see. What does come and see? What does that phrase uh, uh, tell us? Is that an invitation? You know, it's an Come and see a man who told me everything I did. And then she said, is he the Messiah? Is he the Messiah? Let's pray. Father, thank you for every person in this first service Thank you for every person that's listening on the podcast. I just pray uh, your blessing upon our time together. And as we, as we talk about uh, everyone, including everyone on Sunday, including everyone on Saturday of next week, I just ask in Jesus' name that, that you will guide us and lead us to, to care about people as much as you care about people, to care about ourselves as much as you care about us, and in that, in that tone, in that uh, realization, may we uh, experience something that we've never experienced before, where people will actually say, yes, I need God. Yes, I need to be where God's people meet. And yes, I want to be a part of it. And so I pray your blessing over this. In Jesus' name and everyone said, amen. amen. You know, this, this, uh, this narrative right here, this passage helps us to understand the heart of God through the life of Jesus. And it's, from that, I've got three things that I want to share, or three reasons that every one Sunday should be at the top of our priority uh, as, we go into, as we go into this week. Uh, every one Sunday for this campus, and then every one Saturday at the other campus should be that, at the top of our priority as we prepare. And this is called the Passion Week This is when we remember the Lord getting ready to go to the cross. Every day is significant. Today, he walked into, I mean, today he went into Jerusalem on a a donkey's colt. And they celebrated and they said, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And they did all kinds of of things uh, because they were celebrating this Messiah that was coming into, but right after that, they turned on him. and And so this week, all of us, all of us as believers of Christ, followers of Christ, we should take some time. Hear me now. We should take some time to reflect on what he did for us as we get ready for the Easter weekend, for the great resurrection of of Jesus. Um, And and so I want for us to, to, uh, to just grab a hold of how important it should be to invite people because I just believe with all of my heart that someone is going to say yes to Jesus for the first time. Someone is going to say, I need him. And so every one Sunday, okay, every one Sunday, here's the first, first point, uh, because every person is important to God. Every person is important to God. I want to start out with verse 27 of chapter 4 in John. If you got your Bible, you can open it right there. If, if not, you know, be in your, it's in your outline um, reading from the NLT, it says, just then his disciples came back. Now, let me let me explain. So the disciples had gone to buy some food. They had gone to buy some food and now they had just come back and then the, the, the Bible says they were shocked to find Jesus talking to a woman. But none of them had the nerve to ask what do you want with her or why are you talking to her? But, But but we, we understand that, that they, were, they were shocked. They were amazed. They were having a problem with him talking to a woman. And we get two views of two different lenses. One view is the lens of the disciples where they are more concerned about their reputation or what people are going to say about them or even what they're going to say about their rabbi, their leader, Jesus. They're more concerned about what people are going to see from the external And then the other view that we get is the lens of God through Jesus and his life, where he was not concerned about what people would think about him or his reputation. If Jesus would have cared about him and his reputation, he would have never talked to that woman because he knew that his disciples were going to say, why is he talking to a Samaritan woman? But instead, he cared about the soul of that woman because he had a reckless love for people. A reckless love is not a wasteful or careless or unintelligent love, but it's a love that desperately pursues the needy and the lonely. When we talk about God having a reckless love, it's that he doesn't care about his reputation. He cares about your soul. God doesn't care what you're going to think about him. Jesus did not care about what people were going to think about him. In fact, Jesus came out of the religious box. What the religious people were doing, he didn't do. And that got them very upset. And so it it, it makes us take a step back and, and for us to recognize for our own self, how are we going to reach people for Jesus? How are we going to get out of our box and the box that we make up for ourselves? It's not God's box. We, we sometimes claim it's God's box. Oh, we're in this box. You can even talk a certain language. God doesn't care about that. God cares about Souls. And he begins to work in hearts. And Jesus is our example that Jesus was more interested in the individual than what people thought and were going to think. You see, the the disciples cared more about their reputation than they cared for the woman who needed God. And you know what's crazy about this? Is that these disciples were daily receiving the love of Jesus. Jesus. They were daily hearing the teachings of Jesus. They were witnessing the healings of of Jesus and they were seeing the miracles of Christ. And they were shocked when Jesus was having a conversation with a potential friend of God. And you know what's shocking to me? What's shocking to me is that they were shocked. Instead of them being excited about God's love being shared, a potential broken heart being mended and restored, a soul being added to God's kingdom, they were shocked because she was a woman. What should shock us is that they weren't doing the inviting at that time. And as we think about Easter that's coming up, and we think about every one Sunday there isn't a neighbor that you have that isn't important to God. There isn't a family member that you have that God doesn't care about. There's not a coworker that you're working with that is unimportant to God. Imagine what your workplace would become if you had more people that follow Christ in that place. And I'm not talking about religious people. I'm talking about people who follow Christ, who walk in the grace of Christ, who walk in the love of Christ. Imagine what happens in your workplace. Imagine what happens in our families when people come to Jesus. Radical things happen, amen? He begins to change us. We begin to love and forgive each other. I love the way that Dr. Seuss put it. Dr. Seuss said this, a person's a person no matter how small. In other words, everyone matters. Here's my question. What is keeping you from inviting someone to church. Maybe you think it's irrelevant or maybe you think it's not going to make a difference. It's crazy to me because you know because the devil puts these thoughts in our minds or our flesh works up these thoughts like you know God is changing us and all of us are a work in progress, progress. None of us are perfect. So we're progressively moving into this life of sanctification. God is doing this amazing work in us. Why? Because the Holy Spirit dwells in each person that has Christ. That is huge. So progressively, he's moving into this direction of becoming more like Christ. But somehow in our minds, we get these thoughts that maybe he can't do this in Johnny. Maybe he can't do this in Susie because, you know, they're they're really, they're too far. But the reality, because he's God, he can do it in anyone. Amen? He can change the heart. He can change our thought life. He can change our lives. Maybe you don't invite someone because they're a woman. Maybe you don't invite someone because they're a man. Maybe you don't invite someone because maybe they struggle with their identity and they don't know what they are. Can I tell you something? That God loves them and he will reveal to them who they are in Christ. Maybe you don't invite someone because you'd never, you would be shocked if a Republican never came into this church, church here. Or maybe some of you guys think, you'd be shocked if a Democrat would ever come into this. Can I tell you, it's not about Republicans or Democrats. We're shocked when we represent ourselves as as that. We're all followers of Christ. Can I tell you that Jesus crosses party lines? We think about, you know, um, all the things... That, that people struggle with. As I put down here, you know, maybe you don't invite someone because they're a Sun Devil fan. <laughs> or maybe you're a Sun Devil fan and, and you don't invite someone because they're a Wildcat fan. Well, it doesn't matter. You're both out of the tournament. There's no reason to not be here. <laughs> you know, where, where's your excuse? You know, can I, the woman at the well um, she had her set of problems and she had her set of issues. And if you think about it, most of those issues were relational. Now hear me, this is important because most of us, our biggest problems are relational. Most of us, we're either having problems with people or we're having problems because of lack of people in our life. And Jesus shows us that his his thought and his heart is that this woman needs an invite to God's grace and God's forgiveness. I love the way that the message paraphrase puts uh, Romans 10. It says, how can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? And how can they know who to trust if they haven't heard of the one who can be trusted? And how can they hear if somebody tells them? I mean, if nobody tells them. And how is anyone going to tell them unless someone is sent to do it? That's why the scripture exclaims a sight to take your breath away. Grand processions of people telling all the good things of God. And I'll tell you, beloved, right now that if every single one of us took action, This week, we could change our communities for the glory of God. Every one of us has gone to work. We've gone to a family gathering or a school gathering. And someone has poured out their hearts and their problems to us. Think about a time that you've been with someone, even this week, you've been with someone and they began to share their heart, they began to share their problems, they began to share their issues, and most of us listen with sympathy. Some of us listen with empathy because we've been there, but few will ever give people the solution, which is Jesus Christ. Most people think, you know, how are they going to receive it, or maybe they're not ready Instead of thinking this person is important to God, let me tell you why I think everyone's Sunday is important. Because blessed are the feet of those who bring good news. Living word chapels, not the good news. We're bearers of that news. We're just a church. There's going to be churches all over this, communities. And what people need to hear is not how bad they are, but how good God is. I'm working diligently on my message. I'm praying through it. And I believe that most pastors are working diligently to bring a message of good news to their communities. And that's why, beloved, it's worth you, number one, coming to church next week. But it's worth you bringing your families to church. I'm going to, can I speak some thoughts? Can I be transparent with you? I'm going to do it anyways. (laughs) I'm shocked when when people say, well, I'm going to spend time with family and they don't bring them to church. Especially if they're unchurched. Because this is a golden opportunity for people to find Jesus. And so there's family members that you have that they say, we want to spend, we're, going to, we're going to spend Easter, we're going to make a carne asada, we're going to make, you know, that's, that's steaks, by the way, for those of you from this side of the tracks. <clears throat> you know, we're gonna make some. We're gonna make some steaks. We're gonna, you know, potato salad, macaroni salad, uh, all of these things that go with, you know, with, uh, you know, good beverages. All these things that go with a great hangout. The greatest thing that they could have is Jesus. Even if you're gonna have that hangout. So every one Sunday, second reason, because we want everyone to know Jesus. You see, people need to know God before they can start to grow in God. And that's what the church is all about. Every week we get to know God in a greater capacity, greater, greater knowledge, greater understanding. The woman who talked to Jesus, the woman that met him at the well, she got to know him and you know what? She began to love him. The passage goes on to explain that the woman left her water jar beside the well and she ran back to the village telling everyone come and see a man who told me everything I ever did and then she says could he possibly be the messiah i think about her running back you know she left her water jar the water jar is her source of livelihood that without that water if you think about them coming from the village to go and get water at a well this is livelihood she left her livelihood ran back to the village And on the way back, this is what's going through my mind is I see the white lines. I see her running back, and as she's running back, she's saying, could he be the Messiah? Could he be the Messiah? i got to tell everybody that I think I found the Messiah. You know what the crazy thing is to me? She says, he told me everything that I ever did. And I got one of these epiphanies. You ever had one of those? Where the Lord just kind of boom. Because here's what we don't see sometimes. Okay. Jesus told her everything she ever did. But her community had been telling her everything she ever did all her life. They told her by, her, by their actions She came to the well in in, in the hottest part of the day probably because none of the women would ever let let them in the inner circle because she had been married five times. And the guy that she was with was not even her husband. And and, and so I'm, I'm positive that everyone in that community had probably already told her everything she ever did. But there was a difference in the way that Jesus told her everything she ever did and the way the world was telling her everything she ever did in that they were telling her in judgment and Jesus was telling her through grace there was a huge difference in the chatter you know I think about the disciples didn't run into the city and tell them to come back with them to meet Jesus think about the disciples didn't bring anyone back they went into the city to buy a cheeseburger And they complained about Jesus talking to a woman all the way there and all the way back. They wasted their time in chatter. Let's think about it. They're walking to the city. She ran to the village. They walked, into, they walked to the city. And as they went, all they did was chatter, 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 chatter. As they were thinking about going to in and out the Samaritan in and out to get a burger. And all the way over there, they're talking about, hey, he's talking to a woman. Can you believe he's talking to a woman? And she's a Samaritan woman. She's doing all this. Sometimes we're no different. Can I tell you that sometimes church people get caught up in chatter that don't matter? You ever got caught up in chatter that don't matter? We should be pursuing people with the love of God. Welcoming people with the grace of God, understanding people through the mercy of God. The woman left her life stores, her water jars, and went and became the greatest inviter in that region. And guess what? The people came streaming from that village. The people came. When when, when is the last time that, that you left something behind at church? Because it became something insignificant after you encountered Jesus. You see, she, she left her life source, or, or what she felt <clears throat> was her life source, she left it there with Jesus. She left it there at the well, and she went and she reached people. When is the last time that you left your water bottle here at the church, your water, whatever it may be, your, your problem, and you, because you found the solution in Christ, and you go and tell people all around you that you have found But instead, a lot of times, we get so engulfed with the chatter that don't matter. We talk about things that don't help people, but hurt people. And those women at, uh, those, those, those people in Samaria, they looked at the at this woman pre-Jesus as an outcast, but there was something radically different about her post-Jesus countenance. And they, the, the, the people, they came streaming from the village to see him. And sometimes, beloved, hear me now, sometimes people need to see for themselves the grace and the goodness of God. And when God's people come together to worship him, he's here. I'm going to go back to what what J.J. said as he was leading us in worship. He said, you know, I love you guys, but I don't care about what you guys think. I care about what he thinks. That That was actually prophetic because you didn't know what I was preaching on. Think about it. We we care more. We care more about what people think. You care more about what your families think. You care more about what your communities think. You enter into the chatter. I'm not saying you. I'm saying me too. We enter into this chatter. We enter into these things that are non important. Instead of us falling in love with Jesus. And can, let me say something to you. When you, when you hone in. When you begin to just focus on Jesus, everything else becomes less important. The more important God becomes to you, the less important the things that don't matter become to us. The woman focused on what's important and it transformed her. It transformed her to the point that the people, now this is, this is so important, man. This is so important to us because this woman, she could have invited someone, one or two people without ever coming to Jesus, and they would have said, you know what, you ain't nothing but a hoochie with a coochie. I know that. And some of you guys have probably thought the same thing. Don't get your religious looks on you now. Some of us were hoochies. Come on. (laughs) And we thought we liked it, right? So we found Jesus. No one would have listened to her. Just like no one would have listened to Moses. Pre-Mount Sinai. And, And Moses spent some time with God. And when he came down off that mountain, the Bible says that the glory of God was upon him and every person was impacted. This woman was with the God of Mount Sinai in the flesh. The I am, Jesus, the Messiah, God, the Son, the Eternal Son. And her face was transformed. Her life was completely changed, radically. And she went to people. Now, let me tell you: you can go invite people pre— I mean, uh, yeah, pre-Jesus to church. Oh, go to my church, and oh, it's so much fun. they gonna say, "Yeah," but I'll tell you: you go invite people post-Jesus, where God begins to work in your life. You begin to change your life because God can change our lives. And they're gonna say, "Whatever happened to you?" I want. How do you love these people? How do you, how do you accept these people? How, how are you loving me in this way? There's something so radically different about you. They're going to want to come. They're going to run to come because everyone's looking for a change in their life. There's so much trouble. There's so much heartache. There's so much yuckiness. They need something real. And more than that, they need someone real. And that someone real is Jesus Christ. Every one Sunday, last thing, because that person you bring, they may make an eternal decision. You know, I've been invited to some pretty amazing events. I've been invited to some pretty amazing gatherings. I, I, you know, There's some gatherings I've gone to that, man, this was awesome. <clears throat> there's some events that I've gone to that have been awesome. And so have you. You can think about your life, and, and, and you've been invited to some pretty amazing events. You've been amongst uh, some gatherings where, where, where people would say, man, I would love to have been there. But the one that you'll talk about, the one that you'll talk about, the event that you'll talk about in eternity, the invitation that you'll talk about in eternity is the invitation that brought you to Jesus Christ. You see, the woman in Samaria, she somehow mustered enough faith in God to go back to those who shunned her And to testify for Jesus. Father God that we would testify for you. Spirit of God that you would quicken our hearts. With courage. To talk for you. The the Samaritans from the village. They believed in Jesus because of what the woman had said. He told me everything I ever did. So every one Sunday, hashtag every one Sunday, is a step of faith. It's believing that our communities are worth reaching for God. It's believing that the chatter has to stop because what is what matters is that our communities need Jesus. I was driving down McNabb Parkway yesterday. We had had the work day. I was driving down McNabb Parkway. And I saw these bags that they, they had had a community work day. I saw the islands of, of, of the work day, you know, and and those people care about the community. They got together and they began to clean up. We, you know, we're, we're not this huge metropolis, this San Manuel, Arizona where I live. But there's some pretty special people there. There's special people in every community. And they're worth us reaching. They're worth us stopping the chatter that don't matter and begin to share the love of God. Believing that the gospel is the only message which can truly transform a life. It's the only message which can change our circumstances. And more importantly, the gospel message is the only message that will change us in our circumstances. Even when our circumstances don't change, the God of eternity will change my heart in my circumstance. It's believing that the church... Is a lighthouse and a place to hear about God. It's believing that every church that names the name of Jesus Christ, every church that preaches the word of the living God is a lighthouse and a beacon to this world that is dark and needs a savior. The community in Samaria they expressed these words. They said, We notice a bit that's big. We we. That's a lot of people, that's plural. That's the people that are coming. They're going to say, we believe, not just because of what you told us, not just because of this radical transformation in you, Samaritan woman. You've been married five times and the guy you're living with is not your your husband. All these things, and that's the things that people focus on. Notice they're not talking about what she did. They're talking about what she's become. We believe. We believe not just because of what you told us and because of what we heard, but, not, but because of we have heard him ourselves. He's, that's, let me. I got to just read that again for clarity. We believe not just because of what you said, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that Jesus is indeed the Savior of the world. Can you say that with me? We believe. That Jesus is the Savior of the world. Not only is He my Savior, but He's my neighbor's Savior. Not only is He my neighbor, but He's that neighbor across the street. Not even is He my Savior, but that family member that drives me up the wall. He is their Savior too. Every one Sunday is a declaration that we also believe that Jesus will speak through every message. We believe that our communities will find out for themselves that Jesus is the Savior of the world. And more importantly, we believe all together that Jesus will show them that he cares about them individually. You may be here today and you think, well, he's speaking to everybody. But I'm telling you, God is speaking to you. He cares about you as an individual if there was no one else alive Jesus would still have come for you let's pray thank you Lord Father we we thank you for sending Jesus and for teaching me the importance of an invite God, you invite us all into a relationship with you through Jesus Christ. And you desire for all to come. So today I am making a decision to RSVP my place in heaven by embracing and receiving your invite and make Jesus my Lord and my Savior. And not only receive him, but I I, want to share him as my Lord. So today I will extend invitations to my circle of influence and I will invite them to join me next week in church and celebrate your victory over death, our celebration of life. And we pray this in the name that is above every name, Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah, the Christ, and everyone said amen and amen. Will you do me a big favor? Will you do me a huge favor? Will you invite someone to church? Can we do this? Can I put you on the spot? Can I have you raise your hand if you're going to invite someone to church and bring someone to church? Just raise your hand and just, yeah. Yeah. Love it. Because you took that Step of faith because you took that action. I believe that God is meeting you right there and He's already preparing that person you're gonna bring. In fact, they're already ready for you to. I mean, they're already gonna be picking out their clothes. They're probably going to Kohl's right now. They're going to Ross. I mean, they, they didn't come to they didn't come today because they're at they you know they're at Tar They're at Target. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.